0: Jesus, he is alive, and that changes everything. See, we often say here at at, at Mission Church is that we want you to know, if you're not about Jesus, then then our heartbeat is that God would quicken your stone heart and turn you toward him. That we're not going to be about a lot of things other than Jesus, that we're not going to be about popularity and pragmatism and and programs, we are going to be centered on the person and work of Jesus, because if Jesus is the Son of God, and if Jesus has come, and if he has come to absorb the wrath that you and I deserve, and if he has been placed into a borrowed tomb only to be resurrected on that first resurrection Sunday morning, then this changes not only the course of history, but it should change every one of our lives. It truly is all about Jesus, and it demands a response from you today. Jesus, this whole world, this earth, our existence is for him. It is through him. It is created by him. It is his inheritance. And we gather in this place. We could gather for a lot of reasons, but we have gathered for this sole purpose. And that is to worship this God-man named Jesus. Jesus. If there is anything that is true in the world, it is this truth. That Jesus, he who once was dead, is now alive. And he is risen. And if he is risen, then he is risen indeed. We come here to worship this Jesus To bring all glory and all honor and and worship and understanding to the death, burial, and resurrection of this Christ. Because it is only by Him and through Him that you and I and others who were once lost can be found. Who were once dead can be made alive. Who can be reconciled to God Himself. We see inside of Paul's letter here to the book of uh, Corinth, to the, to the people of Corinth, to the city of Corinth, these people whom he loves, that there is much question about this idea of, of not only who is Jesus and is he the Messiah, but this question of can Jesus really be resurrected? And if he is resurrected, then can we be resurrected? If you have your Bibles, I hope that you do. In in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, which my lovely wife just read to us, in the very first uh, portion of verse 20, it says this But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead. This is not by guessing. This is not a probability. No, the Bible declares as absolute truth that that Jesus, in fact, has been resurrected. This is no April Fool's joke. This is is what would be to many that this would aspire amongst those who are not followers of Jesus, that, that we, as believers in Christ, you should count us as being pitiful, and foolish at the thought of our king dying and being resurrected and therefore summoning us who were once dead to life. See, brothers and sisters, friends, if Jesus is not alive, then what are we doing here? What are we doing here? All of Christianity, even more so all of the history of humanity, hinges on this very truth. There have been many good men and good women who have died for noble causes, and yet none of them are alive today, but one, and his name is Jesus. Do you know him? Do you know this Jesus? Jesus. Is all of your life consumed with the fact that Jesus is the Son of God? And if you're here, if you're a doubter or a questioner or a struggler or a sinner, sinner, I want you to know at Mission Church, you are in a good place. Because we all know that you are jacked up. Because we are too. We still have questions We still have doubts, but just historically speaking, every one of us must admit that something did happen on that one Sunday morning. Something did happen. Even so much that, that hundreds of people, Paul would tell us earlier in this chapter 15 in Corinthians, that, that in the resurrection of Jesus, he not only spoke to a couple of his closest buddies, but that Jesus spoke at one time to over 500 people. Now, I've been around some people who do drugs, and they can tell me that you can see stuff when you're high, but you know what they don't see? The same stuff. And yet 500 people saw the resurrection of Jesus. And it was not merely his death that changed those 11 disciples who were scattered. But it wasn't just his death, but it was his physical resurrection that led them to the martyr's chair. Something happened that day. And I would contend with what we see inside of history and ultimately what we see inside of the Bible that this is a factual truth, that he is risen. He is risen indeed, and this demands a response from everyone. Jesus, he is resurrected. He is raised from the dead. He is the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep it's interesting at the first Passover. Passover is on a Friday evening, and then there there is this day of kind of rest, but inside the Jewish calendar, it just so happened that, that another feast also butted up to Passover this year. It was the festival of the first fruits. Inside of Jerusalem on First Fruits Day, you would gather up your wheat, you would tithe, if you will, if you can understand that better, you would go and get the best of the best of the grain harvest, and you would bring that as an offering to the Lord. And yet on this day, it was not grain that was being harvested from the ground. No, it was our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He is the best of the best. He is the ultimate. He is the magnificent one. All other things are shadows and lack in comparison to his character and his nature. And on that day, before the dawn had broke, Jesus comes bursting forth from the grave from death into life that is not something to gloss over but it is something to realize and to give your life to in verse 21 it says for as by man came what death by man came death death The first thing that we need to understand on this resurrection Sunday morning is, is this: is that death has come. God is the Creator. God creates all things. In the Hebrew understanding of that first verse, when it says, "In the beginning, God created, it is this picture of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, singing into existence the very created order. And he said, It is good. You can do anything. You can play. You can run. You can cultivate this earth. You can be intimate with one another. You can have a a bride and, and you can have a groom. You can make a family. You can multiply this earth. I am giving it to you, my children, but you can't do this because if you do, you will surely die. Do not eat of the fruit or you will die. And our first parents, Adam and Eve, what did they do? They ate. And, and, and here's the thing. A lot of us would think, well, I'll never eat that fruit. Yes, you would. How arrogant are you, old man, to deceive your heart to the point to saying that you would not do the same thing. We would. And so death came. What is this Death. Brothers and sisters, friends, this is the worst event in human history. Not only just this idea of the the physical death that is going to come, but, but more importantly, there is a spiritual death that happened on that day and is happening in all of humanity for those who are apart from Jesus. You are dead people walking, and you will experience death for all of eternity. In Romans chapter 5, verse 12, it says this, Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and and death through sin, and so death spread to all men, because all have sinned. In Ephesians 2, 1, it says, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins. In Romans chapter 6, verse 23, it says, For the wage of sin is death. Brothers and sisters, you have been born dead if you are apart from Jesus. There's not a parent of a toddler who doesn't believe that. We're born deceptive. Our our minds are on evil continually. Could you imagine if the, the depths, anybody but me, just had these thoughts that pop into your head that you're like, where did that come from? Other than the very father of evil himself. This is our. Life, that we are the walking dead. We presume to be alive and yet we are dead. We are bent towards sin. We love sin. We are anti God. We are terroristic toward God and His throne. We are declaring through our sin, not simply by what we do, but by who we are. We often say here at Mission, I want you to know that if you steal something, that doesn't make you a sinner. No, you are a sinner, therefore that's why you steal. We love the lust of the flesh. We love the passionate things of the flesh. All of this is descriptive to death. What is the evidences of this death? Our creation, the created order, is broken, is it not? Tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, famine, sword. That you and I have never seen a sunset that isn't full of sin. That we've never eaten a piece of fruit for all that it could be because even that fruit is broken. That you have never seen the color red. That you've never really seen the color blue. That you've never seen orange and greed. Why? Because even those things are broken. Our world is broken. Racism, uh, uh, abortion, um, you know, wars against the very concept of marriage. Uh, If we look and try to find our hope in our government, they often and will constantly lead to death and more death because they are not God. They are broken. All why? sin has entered the next death that comes or evidences of this death is relational death again going back to trying to raise your kids how hard is that I pray all of you give birth one day to a 13 year old little girl just so you can experience this truth some of you like to create multiples of them bless your heart Stewart family. I don't see how you're going to make it. Okay? At least you got Michigan to root for. Woo! How tough is that? The bipolar mentality of raising kids. It's broken. If you've been married, even for those of us who have great marriages, even for those of us who are great friends in our marriages, all of us can attest to the difficulties of that and the brokenness of that. Try to decide where you're going to eat after church today, and all of that will reflect brokenness. Trying to understand, I've often looked at my wife and I have learned to keep my mouth shut as she is speaking things, and I'm just like, you are an alien to me. I have no idea. We have been together for 19 years, and I still have no idea what you just said or why you feel that way or how moments ago you were, y'all know Laura, hopping around the house to now bawling your eyes out How many of you have friends? How many of you have family members that you never speak to? How many of you have churches that you're no longer connected to? See, our relationships are broken. If you're looking for perfect pastors or perfect membership here, I want you to know, as both of those, a member and an elder here, We will greatly let you down. Because we're broken. And so are you. Our nature, because it is filled with sin, is always bent toward this brokenness. No, I want what I want, even in this relationship. That is ultimately not about me serving you and washing your feet, but is ultimately about what can I obtain and consume in this relationship and what happens. It breaks. Death comes. Even as far as with people that you love, we can all guarantee that if there is one stat that is real, that humanity dies. We've all walked the aisle to shake a hand and hug a neck and laid our hands on a casket as we look to someone that we deeply love. And I want you to know, more than cancer, sin brought that moment. Sin brought it. That brokenness. We experience physical death. Death is coming. Death is sudden. Death is surprising, death is inevitable, death is is tragic, death is a consequence of sin, death is multifaceted, and for those who are apart from Jesus, I want you to know that this is only a taste of the eternal death that you will experience apart from Jesus. But church, there is good news today. Church, there is great news today. Friends who are yet to believe in Jesus, I want you to know, even though all of these things are true of you for right now, I want you to not walk away from here with a loss of hope, but I want you to walk in here truly understanding hope. And hope is not some philosophy, is not hope in government, it is not hope in a spouse, hope in a child, but it comes as hope in a person. And his name is Jesus. There is hope for us in this death. Why? Because death in Christ is dead. This is dead. We see this in this passage. For as in Adam, Adam all dies, so also in Christ shall be made alive, but each to his own order. Christ the first fruits, then his coming. Those who belong to Christ, then comes the end. When he delivers the kingdom of God, the Father, after destroying every rule and every authority and power, for he must reign until he has put the enemies under his feet, and the last enemy to be destroyed is what it is? Death. See, inside of of Jesus, all of those things, creation's death, relational death, death, Physical death. All of these things are resurrected in the person and work of Jesus. I grew up singing this song Victory is mine. I want you to know victory is Jesus's. And because it is his, and because death has been swallowed up in victory, because, oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. There is victory today in Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, has defeated sin, Satan, and death. Romans chapter 6 verse 9 states this, You know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again. Death no longer has a dominion over him. See, the worst event in human history has been defeated. There's a greater event and it is the resurrection of Jesus it was not the death of Jesus that led these men to death. No, it was the resurrection of Jesus. They would not stop being quiet that Jesus is Lord, that Jesus is alive, and you can know this Jesus. This is good news, church. Death defeated for those of us who are in Jesus. Death is no more for those of us who are in Jesus. Death is done for those of us who are in Jesus. Therefore, brothers and sisters, you and I who are in the faith, who are in Christ, who are once dead, made alive in Jesus, that means that you and I can live the most dangerous lives for the sake of the cross and the resurrection and the spreading of this good news. How do you stop a people whom death is their victory And we're worried about what people are going to say to us or how they're going to make fun of us or what our family is going to think if we live radical for Jesus. And yet this is the call of those who are in Jesus on this Sunday morning. I am alive. Now go and live forevermore. Jesus is going to come back. He is going to come back for us. Isaiah chapter 25, verse 8 says this, He will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. And the reproach of His people He will take away from all the earth. For the Lord has spoken. Later, several thousand years from the prophet Isaiah, or several hundred years from the prophet Isaiah, Peter after seeing the resurrected Lord, is going to stand up against the masses. And you know what he's not going to preach? Social reform. He's not going to preach government. He's not going to preach welfare. You know what Peter preaches? Peter stands up in front of the masses and he looks these people in the eyes and says, God raised him up, loosening the pangs of death. Because it was possible for him, it was not, excuse me, because it was not possible for him to be held by it. In John chapter 11, verse 25 through 26, Jesus said to her, he says, I am the resurrection and the life, whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? In Revelation 118, fear not. I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I am alive forevermore. I have the keys. This is Jesus speaking. I have the keys to death and to Hades, and Hades means the grave. That I have the keys to these things. See, on that first Easter Sunday morning, Jesus was not kind of dead, as some would believe. The Muslim would tell you that Jesus didn't really die on the cross. Intellects will try to tell you that it's nothing but the swoon theory, that Jesus just kind of passed out for a few days after having his skin wrapped from his flesh, a crown of thorns placed upon his head, being dehydrated, lacking of food, having a spear rammed into his chest to the point where water and blood pours out of it, that Jesus is just kind of faint. That's the best the enemy has to come up with, is that Jesus passed out for a few days. And they want us and think our faith is stupid. No, Jesus was really dead. And in God's perfect timing, there were a flicker of electrons in his body as those brain waves sent, sent the knowledge down to his heart and that Heart once again begins to beat inside of that cold tomb. As Jesus' lungs begin to once again fill with air. As Jesus' eyes are awakened. As Jesus arises from that platform, leaving the grave clothes behind, what, see, Lazarus could not do. He had to have help to get the grave clothes off. Jesus, our Lord, the resurrected Father, needs no help. He is the one. He saves all. He died alone. He was resurrected, not by you and I, help in our good works, but no, by his sovereign grace, by the sovereign plan of God. God awaken Jesus Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, resurrected him, not resuscitated him. And because Jesus is alive, then there is hope for those of us who are dead, that we can be alive forevermore and be with this Jesus. Have you heard me? Jesus is alive. If he is alive, he is alive forevermore. And that demands a response from you this morning. It demands it. This is a beautiful truth. Jesus has lived the life that we could not live. Jesus has died the death that we deserve to die. Jesus conquered the enemy we cannot conquer. You get me this some of you are so ate up with religiosity and works-based faith that you think that there is one day something out there that you can finally do to earn God's grace. And you can't. You will never be good enough to conquer the death. And for those of you who have been wild and rebellious, I want you to know as well that this room is filled with both of those kinds of people whom Jesus has saved. Jesus has conquered your religiosity. Jesus has conquered your rebellion. And in this, Jesus is going to come and establish a new kingdom when He comes for His people. And our prayer is that you are counted amongst those. Jesus is going to resurrect a broken, dead creation. Jesus is going to resurrect our broken relationships. Jesus is going to resurrect His perfect church Jesus is going to resurrect. We're not going to simply be these ghosts flying around in heaven, but Jesus is going to resurrect our very souls with these bodies. But ultimately, all of that is great. But ultimately, what I want you to see this morning is that Jesus' resurrection, His main thing this morning... In being resurrected was to honor and to worship God. Second to that is not that list that I just gave you. Second to that is Jesus has come to resurrect what was once broken, your relationship with God. And because of Jesus, because He has absorbed the wrath of God, because He has defeated sin, Satan, and death, you and I, the ultimate gift of resurrection, is we get God. We get God. In closing, we must respond to this. We must respond. Many of you here today are consumed with guilt. Maybe you are consumed with regret. Maybe you are prone to be a lover of the things of this world. I want you to listen to me this morning. If you're not a Christian, you're not beyond the reach of our God. You're not beyond the reach of our God. See, if, if Jesus can defeat sin, Satan, and death, then there is not a single thing, friend, that God cannot conquer in your life. There's not a thing that you have done to so far remove yourself from the grace and the mercy of our Lord. And yet, brothers and sisters, when, when Mary and Martha and the Marys, they go to see Jesus and, and the angels and they're, they're spoken. And they're like, why do you seek the living amongst the dead? We live in a society where many people, many of us are prone and tempted and drifting toward trying to find hope and power and resurrection in graves. We're trying to see life in deadly things. Brothers and sisters, we, we have people who are hurting and they are, are broken and they're, they're getting all worked up over things that are, are, are not going to bring life. They are grave things. They are broken things and they will never, ever bring life to you. But there is one and his name is Jesus And on that Resurrection Sunday, Jesus changed all of history. And he is beckoning you. He is calling you to let go of trying to find life in dead things and and get a hold of the one who is not dead, but who is alive. Christian, may you be encouraged in this place. May we look forward to the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Don't fall in love with the trappings of mansions and streets of gold. Fall in love with that one day you will lay your crown down at the feet of the Lamb and you will join in with the multitude singing, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty. He is worthy of our praise. Nominal Christian, that means you are Christian by name only. I love you this morning. If you are a cultural Christian, a Christian by name only, I want you to know that's just a churched up southern way of saying, I am lost. May you repent as well. May you turn from Jesus. Show me one person inside the New Testament that they met the resurrected Jesus and it didn't forever change their lives. So this idea that you can believe in the cross and resurrection and this Jesus and it not consume everything about your life, I want you to know is Deception. And you're yet to meet Him. And So I would would ask that you would repent. Non-Christian, doubter, skeptic, atheist, Jesus demands a response from you today. Through the preaching of the gospel, we believe that God beckons and calls dead men and women to Himself. And this truth demands a response. Do you believe that you're a sinner today? Lost and undone and dead without Jesus. I love you. We love you. Turn from that sin. Put your trust in Jesus. Belong to a local church. And let's be faithful to the gospel. but don't walk away from here responding in arrogance in the worship of self but turn to this Jesus I plead with you I plead with you Jesus is the Son of God Jesus is the creator man is fallen and broken But God has a plan of redemption, and that plan is through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And because we can be bought back from our sin, God is also going to, through that power of his resurrection, through his grace and mighty power, he is going to recreate. And we want you to be a part of that. He's alive this morning. He is alive forevermore. Would you take just a moment to pray with me and to consider these truths this morning?